The verse we want to look at for a few minutes this evening comes from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 31, and that's found on page 209 of the Red Pew Bibles. Just a little bit of context as you're finding that verse. I wonder if you've ever thought about what the word Deuteronomy means. Is it like Ecclesiastes or Leviticus? Some of those Old Testament words which you kind of take for granted if you've been a Christian for any length of time, but maybe you've never thought about what they actually mean. The word Deuteronomy means second law, and the book of Deuteronomy follows a pattern of an ancient covenant renewal document. The previous 30 chapters of Deuteronomy can be divided into some broad divisions. The first few chapters, Moses reminds the people of Israel's covenant with God. And then in the middle section, from chapter 4 to 28, he sets out the requirements of the covenant. And then in the two previous chapters to ours, the covenant is formally renewed. And so we're picking up the story in chapter 31. The Israelites are on the verge of entering Canaan. Their long-cherished objective is within reach at last. They had been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. Because of their disobedience, a whole generation had perished in that time. The promised land was to be inherited by their children. It's a critical point in their history. Morale is high because they've just defeated two local kings in battle, but they were about to confront severe temptations and trials under the guidance of a new and untested leader who had yet to prove himself. For Moses, his work is complete. He has discharged his duty before God, and now is the time to step down and hand over the reins of leadership to somebody else. So let's read these verses together, beginning at verse 1 of chapter 31. Then Moses went out and spoke these words to all Israel. I am now 120 years old, and I'm no longer able to lead you. The Lord has said to me, you shall not cross the Jordan. The Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you, and you will take possession of their land. Joshua also will cross over ahead of you, as the Lord said. And the Lord will do to them what he did to Sihon and Og, the kings of the Amorites whom he destroyed along with their land. The Lord will deliver them to you, and you must do to them all that I have commanded you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Then Moses summoned Joshua And said to him in the presence of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors to give them, and you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. In my mind's eye, and I guess this um, says a little bit about my age, I see a scene um, not unlike something out of Lord of the Rings. One of those um, great aerial panoramic shots of of a wide valley surrounded by mountains with literally thousands of people below. 
a vast, crowded encampment. And in the distance, there's a tiny speck standing slightly apart and on a piece of ground, slightly raised above the rest. There stands their leader. As we zoom in, the camera alights on this figure. But he's not the swarthy-skinned, wild-eyed, sword-swinging warrior that we might expect. No, looking closer, he's an old man. I mean, a very old man. This is Moses' final address to his people. Notice with me what he says. There's nothing tired or weary about his speech. Look at the passion with which he talks to his people and look what he focuses on. As I read it, did you see how many times the word the Lord was mentioned? Six times in the first six verses. And there's another word which is repeated time and again. The word will. In these final words to his people, Moses wants to leave them in no doubt about who is in control and that this chapter, this next chapter in their history, is already determined. If they would, be, if they would put their trust in the Lord, there's no chance of failure. They weren't even to let that possibility enter their head. In verse 7, the focus shifts slightly. Moses turns to speak directly to one person, to Joshua. It's as if he calls him up onto the platform in full view of everyone. And Joshua is given two commands, two tasks. Verse 7, he is to go with his people into the land which the Lord is giving to them, and he is to divide it among them as their inheritance. He is to lead and then to govern. Moses tells them that it's not going to be plain sailing. There are going to be real problems ahead. After all, the people have a long track record of disobedience and distrustfulness. That is why he is to be strong and courageous and not be afraid or discouraged. And to accomplish these two jobs and to equip him for the task, Moses assures him of three truths. That the Lord himself goes before him, will be with him, and will never leave him or forsake him. What amazing promises these are. Joshua, Moses says, the Lord himself goes before you. He will not send a representative, nor one of his mighty angels, nor even a legion of angels. No, he himself goes before. This is covenant language. God is keeping his promise, the promise he swore to their ancestors all those years earlier. Flick up to verse 3. Moses had used a similar phrase when he addressed all the people. Here, he makes it personal and drives it home to Joshua. The Lord himself goes before you, and he will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Was this something new? Had the Lord let his people down before? Could he be trusted? Throughout their 40 years in the wilderness, the Lord had gone before them. To escape from Egypt, he had parted the Red Sea so they could cross over on dry ground. And during their wanderings, he had guided them with a pillar of cloud by day, a pillar of fire by night. He had provided manna daily for their food, and even their clothes and their shoes did not wear out in all that time. The Lord, says Moses, goes before he is already preparing the way. He is going ahead to ensure you a victory just as he promised he would do. Your task, Joshua, is to follow in his footsteps. 
but take courage, be strong, for the Lord is not going to leave you to blindly stumble on. The promise that is given is that he both goes before and goes alongside. He will be with you. What reassurance that should have been to the assembled crowds. The Lord was not going to desert them now that Moses was no longer able to lead them. That same Lord was going ahead of Joshua. Did they take heed of these words? You don't have to read on too much more to find out. So how can we apply this promise to our own situation as a church and as individual Christians? We stand on the verge of a new chapter in the life of Charlotte Chapel. Shandwick Place is not the promised land. It's only a building. And as we've been reminded these past two Sundays, a building never saved anybody. We are on a mission with the Lord. Like the children of Israel, we can look back and see God's goodness and faithfulness to this church over more than two centuries. Yet it has not always been the case. And there have been times in this church's history when its future seemed very bleak. We are going into a church building which was once packed to the rafters, but whose numbers dwindled until the light of the gospel was all but extinguished. Could that happen to us? Of course it could. If we fail in our duty to love, honor, follow and obey our Lord. So can we claim this promise for ourselves? Are we perplexed about what lies ahead? Like the people of Israel, are we discouraged or maybe even angry about the time it has taken to get this far? Or can I put it another way? Does God ever change? Does he ever say something and not mean it? No. This is not the God of the Bible. That is not the God of Deuteronomy. He is a promise-keeping God. The same yesterday today and forever. And what about for each one of us? The people of Israel time and again rejected the Lord. They even rejected the words of Moses, the one who had led them out of their slavery in Egypt. The Israelites demanded a leader, yet they continually complained about him. This side of the cross, we have a far greater leader to follow. Not only that, but he has gone before us. Perhaps tonight you're feeling the sting of being ridiculed for standing up for your, what you believe. Perhaps this week you have tried to share your faith and been laughed at. Take strength from the one who has gone before, for he knew what it was to be rejected, laughed at, and mocked. Maybe this evening you're feeling the injustice of the world weighing you down. Maybe forgiveness is the last thing on your mind just now. Take courage from the one who prayed for those who spat on him and hammered nails into his hands and his feet. He has gone before. Perhaps you are anxious about what the future holds for you. Perhaps you can't really see a future for yourself at all. If you're a Christian this evening, hold tight to these great promises. No matter what circumstances you find yourself in, these are not my words, these are scripture, The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen.